evening out there, and welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. How are you doing today, man? Great, great, great. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad to have you and your two owls there, <laughs> hanging out behind you there. Um, you are in a band. Want to talk about your name, your band, and how you actually? Let's talk about name your band, and then would you come up with a name first? Well, I'm in a band called Bordered Car, and Bordered Car was formed in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in the USA, uh, 40 years ago in 1981. I don't. There's nothing really magical about our name. We just were really looking for something that expressed what we were. And we were an 80s noise band. And we were just kicking things around, this and that. And and uh, Eric Lundy, the other founder of the band, came up with the name Boyder Car. And it's like, yep, that's us. That's a good explanation of what we were doing. Yeah, that's good. I think when you hear a name of something, you kind of go with it, usually. And yeah, it fit. It feels fit. right. I mean, I've been asked about the name of the show. I like laughing. I like monkeys. I like cheeseburgers, but the Laughing Monkey Cheeseburger Show would be ridiculous. So it's got to be Laughing Monkey Music. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's a cooking show. So you've been out 40 years. What, what were your first, like in the band interests? Like what kind of, what were you listening to at the time of the formation of the band? Because you have it, we'll go talk about the sound, but I want to talk about what are your. Well, when we took on? off in 1980, we were really influenced by a lot of what was going on in New York City. Um, the Swans had just come out. Nice. Uh, Red Jules Baptist, Red Decade, the very early Sonic Youth. Mm -hmm. um, and myself and Eric Lundy went to a festival that was called New Music America. It was mm -hmm. held in Chicago in 1981 in the Navy Pier. It was a multi-day thing. One of the days, Glenn Branca played with his guitar orchestra. It was mm -hmm. about the time the Ascension album came out on Neutral. And to us, that was unbelievable that we could experience seeing Glenn Branca. So we saw Glenn Branca, fantastic. So of course, the next day we're back at the festival in Chicago, which was 90 miles from Milwaukee. And I think we saw John Hassel play and John Cage was there. He had an exhibit that was a tugboat that you would go in and that was the Cage piece. Well, Cage, blasted Glenn Branca in the press. Heavy, heavy, like, if this is the kind of world Glenn, I paraphrase, if this is the kind of world Glenn Branca wants, I don't want any part of it. Really blasted, blasted Branca. So Eric and I are there on Navy Pier, and there's Glenn Branca sitting on a park bench. So we go up and sit down, we start talking to him about his music, telling him that we wanted to do this band, and he gave us advice he encouraged us he said don't worry about it you'll find a place to play you'll find it you know you'll find a place to rehearse don't worry about it so we were i must say we were directly influenced by the you know rest and please the late glenn bronco so that's the thing we were into that new york sound we lived in an apartment together we went to university together the phone rang one day and it was Jules Baptist from Red Decade looking for a gig. We were blown away. To us, it was like this artistic and musical world that was going on in New York and London and all that. It was like, hey, it wasn't strange to us. It wasn't like, oh, these are our idols. They were our idols, people we looked up to, but it was very accessible. We never got the, we never got a Red Decade. 
gig. <laughs> and we just, we, uh, yeah, we just came up. We came up in a time when there were lots of punk bands in Milwaukee, lots mm. of hardcore bands. And we would play with those bands, so. Has your sound changed at all? I mean, over the years? That's oh, yeah, I mean, very, very like much mellower so. and are like different. Well, it's it's much different. I mean, in the course of these 40 years, I was counting up, I think there's been 20 20 different people that have been involved in the band in big ways or small ways. Things change, times change, technology changes. Mm -hmm. When we started in 1981, I mean, it was a very underground culture. Um, cassette tapes were traded. There's a fellow who, who I really, uh, I think is a great musician, Richard Fernecki. He's in a band called, he had a band called F.I., He's in a band called Volca Kesh. And Richard was one of these tapers swapping these tapes. No internet, you know. So it was it was a different time. And and it, it's, yeah, to answer your question. So yeah, t things change, you know. We never had, we still don't really spend a lot of money on instruments. And, you know, I mean, it was always very as we went, you know. Well, because the music is, and we'll see it afterwards. Actually, you're nice enough to make a nice video, uh, really, really nice. Um, different than it usually is on the show. Usually, you can put it in your car, kind of rock out to it, or whatever, chill out. This music is a little different. It is, and I, I would say, you know, kind of a soundtrack. Um, when you when you listen to it, you really need to kind of focus on it and kind of, you know, pack a lunch. You're not you're not going to be popping in for one song. It's it's kind of something you have to uh, absorb. And maybe go back two or three times, you know? It's definitely a little different than your normal chorus versus chorus, you know? Very, oh. very interesting. It's very enjoyable. It's just, it's, it's just different. And the first time you'll be like, whoa, you know, it's just, you know, nothing you can hear on the radio. And, and you also have some videos on, you know, on YouTube, obviously. Um, what are the, some of the instruments you're playing in there? I mean, you actually use a lot of different things too. Um, I use a variety of, currently, I use, uh, I play guitar. Uh, I have a one of the new Behringer Wasp reproductions. The classic Wasp was a synthesizer that very cheap English synthesizer in the 80s mm -hmm. that White House, which was a very you know infamous noise industrial band used. Um, I use a sampler. I use these little cheap devices that are called wiretaps. And they're actually like loopers. Mm -hmm. And what they're really designed for is you have them in your rig and when you're jamming and you find some riff you like you're supposed to hit it and it keeps yeah. it for you well of course i use it as a way to keep you know many different sounds and textures and bits of the soundtrack and i have about i currently have five of these in my setup so it's not just push one and you know here's this song one sound it's a variety of different things that that mix um i have a couple little mixers some noisemakers, some contact mics, you know, for the, you know, live kind of setup. Um, how about uh, songwriting? Like, how is it, like, is it hard? Because, I mean, it's not the normal song structure. Well, yeah. it's not normal but song structure, but I would rest assured to the listeners that in our mind or in my mind or the composer's mind, these are specific songs. You can listen to us and go, oh man those guys are just making noise what is happening and actually to us we probably have just played a succession in our half hour set at a local 
club or bar or whatever. We probably just played a succession of what was us was seven songs from our last um, 40 years. I mean, when we played in New York, uh, in Los Angeles recently, in 2019, um, the first time we played in Los Angeles in 33 years, we played songs from 1981 to songs that are current. But they're versions of songs and they're adaptations of songs. And we do songs that, a couple really old songs that I never sang to start with. And the lyrics are a little bit, we don't really know what the lyrics are. There's a few different versions of the lyrics, you know, because perhaps these songs have been done where they say they were done in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And then the band went fallow in the 90s as far as, <clears throat> excuse me, are doing anything. Although the band went on because there were lots of reissues. People mm -hmm. cared about the band when we didn't. <clears throat> so then when we came back in 2006, we may be playing these songs that were originally in the 80s that is now turned into another version. Well, now it's 2021. We may play some of the same songs in a different version. No, I, I, I don't know if that answers I, the question. No, it does. Well, you know what I'm saying? It's like in the easy answer from the outsider, and I'm, and I'm taking really an outside outside view on this because I, as I ask these questions is, because most songs you're like, first course, it's, it's really easy. And some bands are like, I have to, they go on tour, like regular, structured songs go, I have to relearn my music every time I go on tour. Sure, sure. You know, it'd be like, you know, kind of closest thing I can think of that I listen to all the time, be like a Zappa song, it kind of goes other places and there's so much going on to remember. There's a lot. So when your song doesn't have a full on structure, you got a lot, well, I guess it's continuous, you know it that way, that's how you know it. Right, we know but it, it. That's we... but it is a little different. So that's why I'm asking you, it's not the, the ordinary. Oh, no, 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 it's not the usual songwriting process. Although there are, you know, songs about different experiences, things that happen. I mean, I do write lyrics, a lot of which are pretty much about things that happen to me, although it might not be obvious to the listener what we're referring mm -hmm. to. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, but there certainly are songs. There certainly is composition. There always, you know, has been. Um, and as anything over 40 years, it's, it's going to be fluid. I mean, we're not trying to reproduce. We may play songs that, that we can't rewrote in 1981. We used to play a song um, called I Ate My Lunch and Left, which I swear was the first Boyder Car song we ever wrote. Mm -hmm. I know it. I think. <clears throat> so anyway, we used to play that because, you know, we were kind of reintroducing the band. We were playing out of town in Los Angeles to people that like knew the history of the band and that's one of the interesting things about Boyder Car is it kind of has a life of its own I mean like as I mentioned in the 90s when I didn't care about it it was all kind of in the vague people were putting it was the albums were being reissued in Australia people oh, really heard about it people were interested it's like okay that's cool that's real cool um things like that a big thing that helped the band I don't know, culturally, and I don't know if you're aware of this, is in the 80s, we were in the Ann Landers column. I don't know if you I remember know. Ann Landers. She I was do. a Yeah, I do. So yeah, we were in the Ann Landers column. My aunt who in St. Louis called me um, because we had been in the 
Well, it started, it was funny. We, I was interviewed, we were interviewed by the New York Times mm-hmm. or the Wall Street Journal, correct? And the Wall Street Journal. And the, the article was about this new kind of music, junk rock, which was Eintrazende Neubaden, SPK, stuff like that when that was taking off. So we, I was, we were interviewed by the Wall Street Journal. Well, this is weird. Okay, we'll do that. So we talked to him. So some father in Rhode Island wrote Ann Landers after he read this article about junk rock. But apparently, and understandably, in the whole thing, the only name the guy could remember was Boyder Carr. So all this horrible junk rock and all this stuff that kind of had been attributed to SBK and Eintracht and the Neubaten and blah, blah, blah. He kind of only got, you know, we kind of got credit. Yeah. So these are outside cultural forces that have always kind of been with us. Yeah. Was he complaining? Was he like, Darian Landers, what am I going to do? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was disgusted father in Rhode Island. If this isn't the end of music as we know it, blah, 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 you know. Well, that's the best review ever. Yeah, it was great. And Andy replied like, um, don't worry about it, Pops. This is going to, you know, go away. No one's going to remember this. And of course, I read this a lot of times during our shows. And it's like a huge, it's like, maybe not, you know. That's pretty funny. Because most people don't know Ann Landers anymore. I mean, we Yeah, no, it was, I mean. It's this weird, like, thing that happened that Border Car instigated. So I don't think we're ever, we're totally in control. I mean, not totally in control of it now, although I mean, I I mean, it's my band. It's my. What would you call yourself now? Was it junk rock? I've never really heard that term. No, I, 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 it was that was never really a that was never really a pitch. It was just that one Wall Street. I, I don't even think I've ever heard that term before. It's pretty funny. Yeah, actually. no, that was junk rock. Yeah, junk rock. Uh, how how do you classify to the new listeners? These days, I tend to think we're more, you know, experimental, avant garde. Mm-hmm. I still go with the noise moniker times again again (laughs) times have changed when we came out in the 80s it was called industrial music because Mm -hmm. throbbing throbbing gristle put out their records on their own label called industrial records and then there was noise with the sonic youth and then you know no wave but then what was it by the 90s industrial rock meant like what nine inch nails yeah. yeah so it's like no nah, we're not came really... fdm yeah kind of got really heavy and yeah which and... was it went everywhere with that one too right so at that point we really were like whoa well that's not you not really we're not industrial at all it kind of took off in another way uh, what that's a video of border car of myself and julian really playing a few weeks ago uh in our basement in south minneapolis um it's about a half hour uh, Julie plays synthesizers, a Moog, some other electronics. She plays a Dan Electro sitar, which is a kind of a weird guitar-ish mm. instrument. Uh, I play guitar, do vocals, electronics, and pre-recorded sounds, and some keyboards. Um, the set that we're going to play—that's pretty—that's pretty much our typical um, kind of set that we've been doing lately. Touches on some old songs, some new songs. Um, open their ears, open their eyes, and open their minds. Kind of sit yeah. down and be committed. You know, it's, it's, you know, if you're just looking for the normal rock and roll, it's going to be a little different. 
you know. Right, you need to. It's. And you it's, might be going. Oh, that's. I don't know. And you may need to come back again. You know, let it let us soak in. You know, I I listened to it the first time. I watched the the video. I'm gonna listen to it, and then I gave a little bit of space, and I went back and just listened to the music separately. You know, so it's a different experience. It's you know that's how I did it. So if it's something new to you, try it. Be open. I would I would say that there's a I would point out to the listeners that there's a lot of variety over this mm-hmm. half hour performance. There's a lot of different things that are going to happen. A lot of different twists and turns, sonically, mm-hmm. instrumentally, texturally. Mm-hmm. So you do need to like kind of follow it. It's going to change. Yeah, Maybe parts of it that are very weird or parts that you don't like. And there's some there's some things that are a little heavy that are a little noisy. Um, we're living in a pretty you know pretty dark, pretty heavy time. I want. Well, I hope people enjoy enjoy the video. So sit down and relax and check it out. Yeah, enjoy. Make a joyful noise. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening in your intro. Okay. <coughs> it's uh, January 16th, 2021. This is a little live video. We're making a boarded car for the Laughing Monkey podcast. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. I remember getting in the car with Tex and Tex watching my two co-defendants.
let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a The song named after a rundown house on Morton Street in Germantown to my Bravo release. It's called The Devil's Headquarters. Just a beloved Julie from One, two, three, four. <laughs> 
Leave aside the Leave aside and let the world know that you were there. If you're going to do something, do it well. And leave One, two, three, four. Blood, the fractured reflection that his life has become. 
our first vinyl it was a split vinyl with FI prior to that was the title track of the 1983 cassette called the ghost shirt it's called Oceans Away from Venice Beach Thank you. 
boy, dirt, car. Boy, dirt, car. Boy, dirt, car. Boy, dirt, car. Boy.